to his right are three potatoes, presumably they're Potemkin potatoes. Oh, well done, that was quite quick. Is that because the potatoes you're sitting next to are giving you a sort of positive energy that's allowing you to work technology? No reaction. It is often forgotten that the Greek young man who, in the bloom of youth, naturally falls in love with his own reflection, does so as punishment. Welcome to Nothing to See Here with Darren and Stephen conversation between two quite brilliant minds nemesis and behind there is a black and white photograph of uh i was gonna say morrissey it's not morrissey don't know who it is it's somebody gazing up into the air it's probably darren actually is it you yeah it's me and oh you can talk it's me and under milkwood i that picture always sits there that's just where i put the potatoes you're right, mid the slabbering Baron Spirit ball pizzle. Fantastic Welsh accent. Thanks. So, am I not looking at the potatoes then? Potimpkin? Oh, these aren't Potimpkins. No, these are your bog standard uh, generic supermarket uh, potatoes. But good for jacket potatoes, though. Look at that. Good, good size, that. Give that a description. Very clean. All right. That wasn't the sort of description that I was thinking of. But... Well, it's just a very round, large, round potato that's probably bigger than your hand and it just looks very clean there's no sort of obviously you haven't dug it up from the back garden what is what i'm saying no i'm not growing potatoes in my back garden this year unfortunately are you not no there's no joke to make about that that's just a fact well it's a good start to the podcast we've, we've started with a fact yeah no joke just a fact yeah darren is not growing potatoes in the back garden this year you know what i actually just lost 10 listeners I know, I think it's really important that the world knows that about me. Have you ever grown potatoes in your back garden? When I did, I got one of those inflatable um, round cushions so that you could like and you could sit on it and it relieved the pressure and then it was and then it was much better. I'd like to say for the listeners that Darren is actually drinking sparkly water. Yeah. Obviously it's sparkly water he drinks every episode. But this episode, I'm just saying it is sparkly water. Normally drink sparkly apple juice. Oh, that's true. It's sparkly water. Yeah. Without the apples. Yeah, no apples to be seen here. However, we do have apples of the ground. Reference being... Oh, my God, you... The French language. I was just waiting for you to say that so that I don't have to make you look stupid. So you asked the question and waited for me to answer it. Yeah, I was leading you on to, to show the audience... What a well-cultured, travelled linguist you are. You phoninical, fat-kidneyed foot licker. Bilingual in French, uh, Icelandic. And talking of French, we might come back to French a bit later. Oh, my God. I'm so excited today. Do you, do you want to know why I'm excited today? Because I've done some preparation. Well, not only have you done some preparation, but as part of your preparation, you prepared every day by telling me that you've done some preparation. <laughs> it's like I've got a whole new app on my phone, which is Stephen Thompson updating me every five minutes that he's doing preparation. I mean, I couldn't be more excited. I mean, I'm, I am excited for the whatever it is that you've been preparing, because it must be massive. 
but also because it must be the first week since we've been doing this podcast that you haven't used the word edited or editing because you've been so focused on your preparation that I don't think you've used the word editing or edited one time this week. A, my preparation is huge and B, I get told off every time I mention the word editing so I've stopped. You haven't stopped there, have you? The last episode was relentlessly full of the word editing. Referring back to the last episode, which was paragraph uh, 6.23i, I seem to remember I was told that clause gives you final say on the editing. So what's your point? Point being, whatever editing I do, obviously you get final say. So you are now telling me off for not editing out your references to editing. No, I'm not saying anything at all. All I'm saying is you made it very clear last episode that you're the main editor and the final editor. You fusty liver-livered giglet. Uh, we're doing Shakespearean insults, are we? I've got my box of words because actually I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sick of being let down by disappointing adults that I've organised my own box of words. So can we recap? No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. Just because you weren't doing good listening or memory. No, I'm not indulging your bad behaviour. No. You can listen back to it in the edit and then realise how funny I am. As I do every time I edit. I know. When I listen back and edit, I just laugh from beginning to end. So then why do I get relentless texts telling me what a miserable time you're having? <laughs> you gorbled, puppy-headed, horn beast. Is this all Shakespearean? Yeah, well done. There's no quiz here. I'm not doing the usual structure, which is where I start it so that anybody with an iota of intelligence would get what I do or am doing then make it a little bit easier and then step it into stupidity. I thought that structure having gone wrong repeatedly, I just start with the stupid, obvious thing that I'm doing. So does it get more and more sophisticated as it goes along? No, I start stupid, keep it stupid, finish on stupid. That way you might leave this podcast feeling good about yourself. So the one time I get it right is because you've just aimed it at stupid people. Yeah. A place of kindness and love. How long did that take to think up then? It didn't take any time to think up. I just got bored of waiting for my promised box of words. So I I'm bought- not sending your box of words. It's Mrs. Plover that's sending you a box of words. She's very busy. I'm not, why are you making it about you, you solipsistic narcissist? I'm just I'm talking about <laughs> Mrs. Manova. She's very busy at the moment. Is this another illicit relationship you've got going on? No. She said on the last message that she left phone message she was very busy because she was judging the perch competition if you remember I, I obviously do. you weren't listening I, I just the thing is I don't really understand the words she says so it's difficult I find her harder than I do my finish lessons and that's really saying something <laughs> no that's really saying something I thought you were learning Icelandic oh sorry my Icelandic lessons so have you had a quiet two weeks so quiet so so quiet basically laying still doing nothing lying eating eating potatoes going to the microwave if you keep saying laying still mrs plover will be leaving you unwanted messages about english grammar still laying laying an egg laying a potato yeah i'm not indulging your muswell hill privilege we all everyone knows what i'm saying since when did we have to use the right words for the right things when since when was that a thing it's always been a thing. Did I get? I missed them. I must have missed the memo. So now we're supposed to use the right words in the right context at the right time. If that's the, if that's the rule, how come you've got so many isms? Uh, we've now hit another uh, interesting topic: isms, which you might come back to a bit later. Oh my God! So much promise in today, isn't yeah, it? Yes, there is a lot of promise. promise. It's all future promise. <laughs> I haven't slept. Like 
partly because I can't sleep because you've been texting me every hour going, I'm doing preparation. I've done some preparation. I'm going to need some preparation. Okay. We'll back to that later. All right. Got so much later talk. Like everything seems to be happening in the second half of this program today. You know what a story mountain is, don't you? You know, you start at the bottom, you start building up, build up to why are you laughing? You might know what a story mountain is because you trained for three years. We can't presume that listeners know what a story mountain is. Yeah, we can if we have if we maintain the pretense that we have low listeners, because you've already done the story mounting. When? Episode three. Wasn't episode three? You just made that up. Why didn't? <laughs> now you're just going to sit there and say no, I didn't. No, I'm not. And bugger me if I'm going to go back and listen to bloody episode three to find out whether I did mention it or not, which foolishly I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. We might have new listeners who haven't heard episode three. Oh, that's true. Oh, so please, Stephen uh, Timpson, tell us about a story mountain. So the point of a story mountain is you start at the bottom. Is it like an icy mountain? What are you talking about? Is it like an icy mountain? No. Is it like a rainy mountain? It's like a mountain. Is it like uh, a mountain on a dew-filled day? It is. It's exactly like that. It's a bit like the mountain that Julie Andrews is running over at the beginning of The Sound of Music. That's a hill. It's not. It's a mountain. A hill. She doesn't sing the mountains are alive with the sound of music, does she? But she's in the Austrian Alps, which are mountains. She's not running across the mountains. It doesn't scan, does it? The mountains are alive with the sound of music. That doesn't Doesn't scan. Listen, that's what's wrong with your writing. You can't just write what you want. It has to have meaning and purpose. A little bit like your existence. You can't just exist. You're supposed to have meaning and purpose. That's where you're stuck. So Story Hill (laughs) is when you start at the big bottom. (laughs) Tell me about Story Hill. So Story Hill... It's when you start the story at the bottom and then you crescendo up towards the climax and then you come down at the end and resolve everything at the end. Why was I even talking about a story mountain? Oh, yes, because um, I'm introducing a bit of tension and intrigue into the narrative narrative arc. As you always say, uh, we have an arc to our episodes. So by saying uh, later, 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 this draws the listeners uh, and then we're drawing them in with a bit of tension to keep them listening. And then later, there'll be a climax. You're not even listening to me, you're just reading something. You're just trying to get your next insult in, aren't you? Have you finished? Yes. Your whole idea is corrupt, because it's based on you pretending that anybody gives a f- Define anybody. Anybody. Me, for a start. And anybody silly enough, sophisticated enough beautiful enough to to listen to this podcast so are our listeners silly sophisticated i think they are sneaking real tongue stockfish because if you're going to call them that we're going to lose even more we've only got arnold and mrs plover and she's busy oh yes apparently and your sister she doesn't listen we established this last week oh no she doesn't does she she hates you She's never been so offended by anybody that she's never met in the whole of her life. And she and the thing about my sister is that she's not even easily offended. <laughs> That's how offensive you are. Do you know what? Do I know what? Do you? Do I know what? Do you? Yeah. You're looking very smart today. You've got a black top on. I'm actually doing real welding. 
I'm going to do some real welding this evening. See, I have no idea whether you just said real welding, as in you're coming in out of fantasy into the real world, or real welding, which is something you'll be doing with metal. Yet again. So if you could enunciate. Like tonight, I'm stepping out into the world, doing things with people. I'm going to have to, do you know what? I'm, I'm slightly, I'm quite anxious about it. I'm going to have to go to someone's house. I'm going to have to be nice. I'm going to have to eat some food and drink some drink and, and then, and like do interaction. And then at some point I'll get to come home. Yeah, your only problem with any of that is that you've got to be nice. Yeah. I mean, one of the best things I think to come out of the pandemic is that I haven't had to be nice to anybody for a year. Oh, I see. So it's, it's, are you the entertainment, the working class person for everybody to laugh at and throw um, bread rolls at? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the jester. Mm. With me Shakespearean insults. So how did you get invited to middle class dinner parties then? That They invite me as the provocateur. I've got no idea why I get invited to things. It, I've, I've, it's, it's confused me and bemused me for the whole of my adult life. I wouldn't invite me to anything. I wouldn't. No, exactly. Well, you did invite me to your birthday. And that was a disaster. So can we just note another lovely fluent French word there, provocateur. Thanks. Just slipping these French words in beautifully. Thanks. So it's part of the art. I can't help it if I speak other languages. So are we allowed to go into other people's houses now? Yeah, you can have six people in the house. What, six people spreading the virus to each other? Exactly. I'm going to go and lick everybody's faces. When I got my second vaccine, I said, I said to the lovely consultant that did my vaccine, who was doing that beautiful thing that a lot of consultants are doing, she's volunteered to do the vaccine. I said, at what point can I go and lick strangers? She got a bit freaked out because I think she thought I was serious. I mean, I was serious. But she thought I was serious, which was even funnier because I was serious. They're working so hard, these people, just for you to come and make aesthetic jokes like that. It wasn't a joke. When can I lick strangers? Oh, he's drinking his drink. Well, the image of you going around licking people, it's just revolting. Depends where I'm licking them, sure. So where do you lick people then? Well, in this context, on their face, obviously. So on the dinner party, you'll be going around the table licking everybody on their face? I'm not, no, not around the table. That would be like really bad etiquette. But when I arrive, everybody that I meet, I'm just going to lick them on their face. Because I'm a bit of a space invader, generally. I do like invading people's spaces. I'm a bit of a hugger. But now I'm going to just start licking people randomly. That's my post-pandemic political stance. So who's, so this is your first social engagement with other people inside? With, with more than one person, yes. So I've done stuff with people, what, with individuals inside. So it was my friend's birthday the other evening, so uh, they made me make dinner for them. They made you cook dinner for that person's birthday? Yeah. Were they paying you? No. They should have been paying me. They got high-quality dinner. Did you not invoice them? Did they get potatoes? They did. That's why. I, that, but that is why I've got potatoes. I don't normally have potatoes in my house, but that's why I've got potatoes. Not just because, obviously, I gave you an education about patink on potatoes, uh, which you didn't manage to find out more about. Uh, actually, I've got potatoes because they had very specific dinner requests. Would you like to share with the listeners what a patink on potato is? Just to be clear, I don't feel the need to talk about my patink on potatoes today. No. Uh, 
because I was hoping to get an expert on to talk about the patinkon potatoes, but I didn't quite organise it in time. Oh, so you, you were just going to bring a third person in without telling me. Yeah, you see, now you're sounding outraged at that idea when you already broke the contract. No, I brought Lisa the goat on before the conversation oh, you that did. we don't bring other people on. No, you booked her before the conversation, then we had the conversation. She didn't actually say anything, so it didn't matter an awful lot, did it? It mattered quite a lot. You brought a silent goat to an audio podcast. People are still laughing at you, not with you. <laughs> and if I hadn't brought Lisa on, I wouldn't be losing my job and you wouldn't be having a new co-presenter. Listen, you're not losing your job because of Lisa the goat. Don't be so sexist and misogynist <laughs> and Maswell Hill. Yeah, you- talking of sexist and misogynist, we'll come to that later. <laughs> the second half of this podcast sounds so full. Like, so forth. You need to tell me at what point I need to shut up because you've done so much preparation, it sounds like. So just let me know. Just give me, like, you might, if you want to do it audibly, do it audibly. You want to do it visually. You want to give me a thumbs up. You want to do, like, the throat cutty thing. Whatever it is you want to do, just whenever you want me to, because you've got clearly got so much content for the first time ever in our 37 episodes. This is amazing. Just to say Darren did a very good impression of an out-of-control puppet. Little hands waving around all over the place. Joe 90, that's it. You look like Joe 90 with glasses. Thanks. So we haven't heard much about management, have we? No. Have you, have you had any contact? I mean, I've to be honest, I've taken myself out of it a little bit because I feel a bit compromised. I've, you I've, feel a bit compromised. Yeah. Because obviously you've got the stuff going on with them that you've got going on with them. It's not easy for either of you, I know. And, and then... I keep Do you mean either of us? Me and who? You being the plural in terms of management. Mm-hmm. We all know who management are. I don't even know what game you're playing right now. When you say we all, there's one person that is in management, and apparently that's you. No, we both know. this. You did this last episode. Why are you pretending that you don't know who management are? This, this is not endearing them to you at your most vulnerable moment in your podcasting career. Oh, now, I've got a podcasting career, have I? Well, I call it career. In the loose sense of the word, Let, let's be. Let's get more interesting about this and talk about me. So I was saying I feel a bit compromised because obviously you've got what you've got going on with management. It's tricky. It's difficult. You're in a vulnerable position. Could lose your job. Obviously, I'm CC'd on in on most of the communication <laughs> as your current presenter, uh, and it's difficult because you know you know how you know you know I. Love, love, like you, you know, you're like you know that I, like we've got a thing, and you know, you know that sometimes I think about you, not in, like, <laughs> like so, sometimes, like I hold you in mind as somebody that I once knew. So as somebody that holds you in mind as somebody that I once knew, it's difficult because I feel a bit compromised. <laughs> I don't want to get involved, um, you know, and you, you keep making a mess of it. And I want to support you, but at the same time, what's important here, bearing in mind we're in the middle of a global pandemic, is this podcast. So if that means replacing you, that's probably what we need to do. I mean, that's not what we want to do, but if it came to that, basically what I'm saying is I'd like to stand by you regardless of whatever happens. Is that it? Yeah. I'd just like to say that Darren lives on his own and has pictures of himself in frames around the room. You know what? I'd like to fight that point. 
you've just you showed me at the beginning a picture of you in under uh, milk wood no. that famous clacton set piece of drama i'm just saying i'd like to fight that point <laughs> i can't because yes there is a photo of me in under milk wood there was one of jesus somewhere has that gone oh no jesus is still there he's just moved the camera around so i can see mm. you've got lots of mirrors as well haven't you Sounds like you're making a point. Would you like to talk about that? Would I like to talk about what? Your mirrors. Do you want me to talk about my mirrors? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. How many mirrors have you got, Darren? In my flat. So. Oh, we're doing a tour now. So so there's two in the front room. Are those your actual mirrors or did they come with the flat? So one of them came with the flat. The other one is handmade by a lovely artist in Norfolk. Um, Did they weld it? You're not funny. Uh, so, yeah, they, have, they made that to my measurements. It's very lovely. It's made out of uh, recycled shipwreck wood. Is that 36, 24, 36? Is that a measurement that I should know what that means? We'll just leave that one there hanging, shall we? And moving on. There's a little mirror there. And then there, opposite the little mirror is the little mirror. Because this is designed... Oh, my God. What? You've just got a mirror opposite a mirror. So whichever way you look, you see yourself. No, that's not the point. If you knew anything about interior design, <laughs> had any sense of style or any sense or any common sense, basically. Basically, if you had any sense, you'd know that what's happening is this is quite a dark hallway. So what's happening here is we're trying to extend the light in the hallway and we're trying to make the hallway, which is quite narrow and quite dark, feel bigger and brighter than it is because we're about the light. We're about who's, the, the who's we? Who's this we? The royal we. Oh, okay. Not you and the interior designer. No, I am the interior designer. Oh, you're the interior designer. Okay. We're about the flow. We're about the light. There are no mirrors, you'll be pleased to know, in the kitchen. No, but you can see yourself in the kettle probably and in the microwave. Well, yeah, and there is that too. And there's also a nice picture. Yeah, there's a whole montage of photographs of him prancing around in dresses. And there was a nice uh, drawing of you that's been shoved in a top corner behind six plants. Anyway, whatsoever. It's got prime position. Look. Where? Oh, yeah. You've actually moved the plants away. Oh, well done. Oh, that, that's actually very remember. nice. I'm actually quite pleased with that. He's actually moved my picture into a row of other pictures, although they're quite high up. He has removed the plant from in front of them. Anyway, so going upstairs. Uh, so at the top of the stairs. Guess what, listeners? There's a mirror. It's not only a mirror, though, is there? Come on me to say is it conservatory what Stephen isn't describing is there's loads of plants basically is life and then that way oh another mirror yeah see so what's it, the point of that mirror so yeah again I oh I know I know I know I've got that one you come out of the bathroom you go down the stairs and you can just check in that mirror that you've remembered to put your fly up before yeah, you get exactly. to the bottom of the stairs yeah or maybe you're tr- again maybe you're just trying to create more space and more light who knows check how beautiful you look oh another mirror okay so we're walking towards the bathroom now obviously the bathroom has mirrors in that's a given two one full length one above the sink okay, actually we really are pulling back the shower curtain here aren't we yeah i mean i don't think you can say anything about mirrors in a bathroom uh, so obviously this is the office and the practice there are no mirrors in here for obvious reasons uh, right so we're in the master bedroom now Mm. lots of mirrors mirrors on the wardrobe mirrors above the bed mirror on the ceiling uh mirrors by the wardrobe as well as on the wardrobe 
uh, yeah, large one on the ceiling, large round one on the ceiling. It's a, it's also uh, just for the listeners. It's a round waterbed. Oh, and another mirror by the window. God, there's so many mirrors in your bedroom. Are we at the second half of the podcast yet, where I can shut up? Yeah, well, I'm waiting for you to cue it because you will cue it eventually without realizing that you're going that you're cueing it. Unwiped. It's building up the tension, the story hill. We'll we'll get to the second half when you do a good co-presenting job and give me the cue for it. Oh my God. So now my challenge, my art is not to give you the cue. I'm going to try my hardest not to give you any cues that will allow you to step into the second half of the podcast. If you don't give me the cue, you'll give me a cue another week. I can always hold my ass off. There's no problem. When have you ever done delayed gratification about anything? How's the maid, by the way? What's the connection between delayed gratification and the maid? Because I think you gratify yourself quite a lot with the maid. And I'm never worried about the maid. There is no maid. Now you're denying the maid's existence. Can you see what your privilege does? You wanton, senseless, obstinate oxhead. So can I ask, because I have, um, I've been off email for a little while. Uh, just being a bit of uh, self-care and, uh, yeah. We've well, been off the computer full stop, haven't you? Yeah, I've not, I've not done any emailing not being on the phone in any way, uh, none of that. Basically, just a lot of lying still. How, where, can I just check in with you where, what's going on? Where are you at with management? Where are we at? Last I heard, Lisa was taking my job and you'd written me a reference. No, you're mixing things up. So Lisa is a co-presenter <laughs> in the football section. Nobody's taking your job. We've, we're now just the menage a trois. More French. It's it's just flowing, isn't it? French. Um, So Lisa's doing that. That's because no one's taking your job. We're we're just a new team. We're a menage a trois. Well, Mrs. Plover's been in touch. No, she hasn't. And um... (laughs) we talked about it in the last episode. Just to be clear, she's not been in touch because I I think we were very clear that she doesn't need to be in touch every episode. Just so in case you are confused, Mrs. Um, Sokova is confused, or the listeners are confused, she has not been in touch this week. Absolutely, she hasn't. She's not. I would like to refer you to Contract Point. Hello, dears. Oh, I've got a f- croaky, croaky voice. I do apologise. What do they say? Frog in your throat? Toad in your mouth? Is that it? Is that it? <coughs> oh dear, I should have I should have cleared my cleared my tubes out before I got online. Is it online? Do we say online? On the line. On the line. That's it. Now, listen, I'm terribly busy again. I'm presenting the poetry prize at school. All of this to say, um I've heard a lovely cuckoo this morning. Have you heard a cuckoo? Plenty of poems about cuckoos and nightingales, of course, but yes, a cuckoo goes something like this. I thought I'd just 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 share that with you. Cuckoo. Yes, cuckoos. Now, my challenge to you is I'd like you both to write a poem about a cuckoo. Could you do that for next week? Yes? Deadline, next week. Please keep practicing your words. Annunciation. Annunciation is the root of all good thinking, all good speaking, all good being. Oh, there's the kettle. Um, I must go. Um, tally-ho and keep practising your words, boys. Right, so you're lying around, laying around doing nothing. 
you can get off your fat ass and do some work and get a poem written. What a plumpy hell governed stunt. I couldn't understand a word she said. Can you do a translation interpretation? Don't take as long as she did. The kettle was on. She had a, um, a toad in her mouth. She's heard a cuckoo and she's set you the job of writing a poem about a cuckoo. Right. If I had a box of words, I would. Another disappointing adult, yet another moment in my life where I've had to just do it myself, look after myself, and get on with it myself and manage it myself. So every fortnight I turn up and manage this inappropriate adult sat in front of me right now. Who's that? You. And now you've introduced other inappropriate adults into the podcast. Have we got Brendan? Yeah, we have got. We do need to, we do need to generate a little bit of money because we don't have any. Beds of Devon, beds of Devon, sleep for now and evermore. Sleep for now and evermore. So, beds of Devon, high streets are open. We're all about getting people back safely and gently into shops. So if you rock up to Beds of Devon on the High Street in Cockington, Brendan and his beautiful team will give you a glorious 20% off any purchases in store. Um, and if you go online, uh, which is also an option, and type in NTSH as you check out, you'll get 15% off. On top of that, on top of that at the moment, Brendan and the team are offering a glorious 20% off of their Ballydella storage bed. It's a beautiful bed made out of wood. It's a stunning design, which you can get in all sorts of colors. You might have a gray wash. You might have it in honey. You might have it in cinnamon, coffee bean, red forest. You can have it in warm white, warm gray. Basically, this is a stunning bed, Asian Scandi fusion. Um, it's an amazing, amazing piece of art. It's got Mortise and Tennyson joints. Uh, it comes with an 11 year guarantee got an exceptional strength i mean on on average the beds can withstand 470 kilograms or 75 stones in weight that is equivalent to five adults at a time i mean how cool is that you can have a beautiful key swapping session on that bed and know that your bed is secure especially because it's got solid slats that's the point so you can have as much sex with as many people on that within the weight dimensions that i gave you and no not only is it secure but it's also eco-friendly uh, because it's sustainable wood. The wood for the beds from Beds of Devon, they're always from forests managed by the FSC and the PEFC. So, I mean, you know you're buying a sustainable bed. And not only that, you know you're buying a 100% solid wood bed because Beds of Devon believe in only ever using solid wood, preserving the natural integrity of the timber is always their priority over any savings. Get yourself a beautiful Scandi Asian Valadella storage bed. It's got shelves, it's got drawers, you can sleep on it, you can store stuff. You could put like your duvet in there, you could put your queen size duvet in there, you could put your double duvet in there, you could put your duvet duvet in there. There's so much storage in this bed, it's phenomenal. If like me, you like to go to sleep with a nice cocktail, you could put all of your cocktail ingredients in the storage if you wanted a jaffa cake gin negroni you could have your jaffa cake gin 
you could have your martini and you could have your chinzano. So you could even have like a cooler heater under the bed because there's so much storage um, in this bed. This isn't like one of those crass, like you can only use this offer or this offer because it's Brendan and Dave, no innuendo, because it's Brendan and Dave uh, and the beautiful team um, that they will give you your NTSH discount and the discount off this bed. What more could you want? Cocktails in bed and an orgy. What a world we live in. How grateful should we be? Well, that was to the point. Thank you for that. I would like to know if Brendan and Dave want to be associated with orgies. And also, um, I'm hoping that your dinner party tonight will end up with a bit of key swapping and you can just get all that out of your system because the pandemic's just driving me at the wall. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be swapping keys with no one, to be honest. Mm, it's a shame. Have we got Jesse? Possibly, but it might be the cue that you are after, so I'm reluctant to give it to you. Why do you think that it's one of the things that's a cue? You can identify nearly all chickens' eggs by the colour of the hen's earlobes. Most white earlobed hens lay white eggs. Those with red earlobes lay eggs that are a shade of brown. You see, that's not really a tip, is it? It's more of a fact. Right. So, yet again, you're slagging off our artists. I'm not slagging off. I was stating a fact. It was more of a fact than a tip. Basically, I think it's an ethical statement about getting ethical eggs. How? How do you work that out? It's not me that should be getting kicked off this flipping podcast. It's you. Yeah, well, that's life, though, isn't it? We shouldn't have a Tory government. It's one of the most corrupt governments in the history of the UK politics ever. But we do. We get what we vote for. We get what we ask for. So, yeah, we are interviewing at the moment. We are interviewing for a new presenter at the moment. Oh, so Lisa's not just stepping in? No, she's a silent goat. She can't do the podcast. That would just be a podcast with me. Now, I like that idea. Uh, but as has been proven in, in other podcasts, solo podcasts are not often that brilliant. I refer you to Mr. Burt Pods <laughs> out of the window, uh, chatting shit about dirt on top of his fridge. Lisa, she's a much better presenter on the football section than you are. Because she's silent. <laughs> One of us said that, one of us didn't. I'd like everybody to notice who said that and who didn't. <laughs> Patrick Evra is in the house. Funny you should say that. I would like to apologise on behalf of everyone involved with this podcast to all French-speaking people. Patrick Evra is not called Patrick Evra. He's called Patrice Evra. Darren, despite showing himself to be very fluent in French, as we've seen in this podcast, he just insists on anglicising everything because it's easier for him to say. So apologies to Patrice Evra and uh, all other French-speaking football players or people from French-speaking countries. Um, so secondly, Darren did mention that Patrice Evra slow clapped. I think if we did a little bit of research, we would find that... Um, he did explain his behaviour, uh, and I'm quoting a uh, Guardian. Um, Patrice Evra is keen to deny accusations of sexism when he applauded 
in a seemingly patronizing way, the well-researched punditry of Eniola Luco during the 2018 World Cup, saying, when someone is good, I clap. She was very good and knows football. It was unfair to say I was patronizing because I know the strength of women. My mum had 13 kids, that's one three. My mum had 13 kids and educated every single one. Even when she lost her leg, she became stronger. My mum is my hero. I want to do so much to promote women in football. I would just like to uh, apologise for everything Darren said. So I'd like to acknowledge your struggle and the stance that you're making. I really, I want you to feel the value that I feel of your belief or your ideas, because clearly you feel those. So I want to acknowledge that you feel those. And I want to know that I really see you protecting men. And I can see that happening. And that's, and that's a thing. Should we discuss this further in Football Corner? Yes. So obviously management will be listening into this and I will be emailing them to ask them about reconsidering uh, my possible demise from this podcast. Should we have a sex fact? Shall we? Sex fact, sex fact. Here's a sex fact. In Alabama, if you buy a dildo, you get chill. Well, apart from the terrible grammar, why would they sell you one if you're going to get put in jail? Because obviously there's people that make a stance and so they're still selling stuff. I mean, it's been bouncing about in the courts for years but it's still illegal in Alabama to sell sex toys. Should we do a promote? Genuine promote or indulgent gloat. So heads, I'm going to promote today Avalon, who, and this is, you know, this is shamefully a little close to my heart. Uh, Avalon have created um, a sustainable spirit brand so actually, they've created some alcohol that benefits the planet. How cool is that? Both environmentalists. Um, and so they set out with no ambitions to like make a particular brand of alcohol. But they, they started with the question, like, what's the most sustainable choice for the business? Uh, they discovered that apples are the most environmentally friendly ingredients to steal. Um, and so with that in mind, they settled on producing a Calvados. Um, and so basically what they've done is they've made a very beautiful, sustainable, low impact Calvados. How cool is that? That is my genuine promote for today. Have you got any Calvados? Yeah. I've also got some drilling to do. Don't forget your car keys. And it's the house with the pampas grass outside. Which bit of that was an analogy and which bit of that was a metaphor? Oh, 
is it going to involve tippy-tapping? The worms turned. That was Nothing to See Here with Darren and Stephen, the Nemesis episode. And we should both be back next time. Thank you for listening. I don't do frottage with public trees, just to be clear. I only, I only please interrupt. Go on. Well, it went in with another French word, that beautiful frottage. It's the tree in the woods thing again. Or the tap in the dripping bathroom. Yeah, I mean, that didn't quite work, but I liked the way that you extended it. It worked very well, actually. Did it? Mm. We'll movie. probably get a lot of listener, positive listener feedback about that. Well, see who you made. You've made up the fact that your sister hates me. No, I'm not made that up. She really hates you. Like you, like you, you know when you have that thing where every hair on your body stands on end when somebody's name's mentioned. She's had to shave her whole body <laughs> hair off because she has that reaction every time your name is mentioned. She's now absolutely hairless, which is really bad because you can get infections if you shave your pubes off totally. Patrick Ever, what the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs>